Welcome to the first episode of How to Speak Maintenance. I'm Becca Ramadi. I'm the Vice President for TAA's Education Foundation. This series will focus on teaching property managers and office staff how to better understand and appreciate the work and the value of our maintenance teams, help eliminate conflict points that come up between office and maintenance, and provide better, better customer service for our residents. We'll have different topics and new guests each, each episode, and it's my pleasure to introduce our host for this series, Jason Fine. Jason is the National Maintenance Service Director for Camden Property Trust. Uh, Jason, thank you so much for being our host for this series, and tell us a little bit about yourself and why we should all be speaking maintenance. Thanks for introducing me, Becca. I uh... I've been in the industry for 20 plus years and, and I've enjoyed the, the the learning that I've done throughout the years and 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 identifying the ways that we can better support the residents and, and be able to deliver a, a solid product to our, our customers. When we uh, first discussed this this web series on the hints of HR, we, we briefly talked about how to speak maintenance and how important it is for all of the teams and, and all of our our office employees to, to understand what our maintenance employees are working on and, and the daily tasks that, that move them throughout their, their job responsibilities. And it just became uh, clear that we just needed to have a, a little call, a 30 minute call to talk about different things such as HVAC, preventative maintenance, myriad of different topics. So I'm excited to be able to get some guests on here with me as well. And with me, I have Mark Hurley, who is the president of Highland Commercial Properties. And as well, he was the past president of TAA. So thank you, Mark, for joining us. And then I have Corky Wolf, who is the director of property real estate project management for Highland Commercial Properties as well. So he's been instrumental in developing the PM programs for our HVAC systems at, at the communities at Highland. And uh, I'm excited to get him on the call so we can hear his stories and, and better understand what he's been working on. So recently we talked about our topic. Our first topic is going to be HVAC. It's getting hot in here was the was the topic. So welcome, Mark, and welcome, Corky. Sometimes HVAC can be very tricky and it can it can seem like it's it's very difficult to work on. But once you break it down into its components, you you, you better understand how it works. I mean, is that kind of similar to what you've experienced throughout your career? Uh, yes, Jason. Um, but thank you very much for having me. But it's, yeah. it's relatively simplistic if you just make it simple. Keep it simple. I, I like Keep that. Simple, yeah. <laughs> Keep it simple. So, I mean, if you break down the components, you have the, the air handler, right? The indoor unit. You want to talk about a little bit really quickly on what that does? Well, the air handler, it uh, basically, it creates the airflow for your AC system so the evaporator coil can cool the air and remove the heat from the inside of the unit to the outside of the unit. Right. And then outdoor, out, outside the apartment, you have your condensing unit, right? You want to kind of briefly go over that for the... The condensing unit is where you store your compressor, which compresses the Freon and removes the heat from the inside of the apartment and sends the Freon back inside to the evaporator coil. Well, when, when it uh, decompresses, I guess you would say it gets cold and, and removed, it cools your unit off. Right. We seem to have lost Jason. Uh, you know, while, while we're waiting for Jason to come back, Mark... Let's just let's pause for a second on the technical piece. But why is it so important that you know the office staff and others, yourself, understand what's happening on property in terms of what maintenance is doing? 
It's important in any organization or any micro unit of an organization to have a transparent, clear communication process like this one. I, it looks like I got disconnected. Yes. You froze for a minute. Mark was just talking about, before we get back to the, the nuts and bolts of things, uh, about why why this is important, why we're having these conversations. And then, so Mark, why don't you finish that thought and then we can get back to the, the ins and outs of the AC unit. It's important for our office staff to understand what the maintenance persons are working on. It's important for them to understand the conditions that they're working in, how long things take. And so a basic knowledge of maintenance and then how to speak to maintenance can improve the efficiency of the whole process tremendously. And and with that, I'll I'll pass it back to Jason to continue. Yeah, thank you. So, Corky, you broke down the indoor unit, the outdoor unit, and the basic principle is to do what? It's to to move heat. I heard you talk about that. Yeah, so, yes, to remove the heat. Right. So, if you understand the different components, one moves the freon and changes the state of the freon the, or the refrigerant, and then the other one moves the air, then you can start to understand what the what are some things that we can do to make sure that our unit, our HVAC unit, is operating at peak efficiency, right? So blocking return return duct vents. I mean, you want to hit on that a little bit? What have you seen in the field as far as maybe residents in, uh, leaving furniture in front of air ducts? Well, we, we've seen we've seen all kinds of furniture against the air ducts. We've had one unit they called that their AC was frozen and the air handler was upstairs next to the laundry room. Well, they had a big pile of laundry in front of the air return. So it was not pulling any air through the unit. And it's you see sofas pushed up against them, trash cans pushed up against them. And then just if the filters aren't being changed on a regular basis, also that, that obstructs your airflow. So you'll have problems with the unit. I'm glad you brought up filters. If you don't clean your filters, you don't have a, a good filter there blocking, you know, uh, letting the air flow free as well as uh, removing the particles from the air, then you're going to restrict airflow. Um, what happens if you if you don't even have a filter and, you know, what happens to your coils? Then they, they collect all the dirt and then you run into a, a maintenance headache because it, it takes your uh, a good maintenance guy probably three, four hours to pull that coil out because he has to take it outside and wash it. And and then, it's, then you have to recharge the system and everything and it puts your customer out. It aggravates your maintenance guy because it's something that could be easily prevented. Oh, definitely. I mean, and speaking of airflow, that you need airflow around your condensing unit as well. Uh, do you want to want to talk a little bit about that? Yes, we 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 found condensing unit with bushes um, overgrown on them, uh, leaves piled up around them. We've had to educate our landscape crews about mowing away from them because they would run their mower beside it and throw the grass clippings up against their, the condenser, and it, it just it turns into a, med, a headache for everyone. Um, weed eating around them and stuff like that. And we found that with with our preventative maintenance program, keeping those clean, it's just, it's just saved us a lot of headaches. Jason, if I can add, it was, uh, just jump in. It was really eye-opening for us when we, got, when we first started these programs again, because we've, we've started them up a number of times, but the most recent times, when we got pictures of what the condensing units looked like when the covers were off, was crazy. Uh, you know, how dirty those coils are. And all of that is having a major effect on how cool the unit is getting and how long your hardware lasts. Right. Yeah. If you, if you restrict airflow and you can't remove the heat from the apartment and get it out properly into the atmosphere, then 
you're not going to be able to operate a, an efficient HVAC unit. So it's important that we discuss this because as we're walking around our communities, if we're going to a service request or, or go to walk a vacant apartment, that's our opportunity to be looking around, looking at the bushes, looking at trees, looking at the buildings and seeing exactly what's going on. Or if you hear an HVAC unit, you know, struggling to turn on, right? I mean, I'm sure you've heard that before, Corky, right? Yes. It's just, it just makes you, you cringe a little bit when you hear that unit just struggling. And you just know that, you know what, this might actually become a, an emergency service request late at night. And then now some of my expenses have gone through the roof. So it's important to talk about that stuff. But that's something that everyone can have their eyes open for. And that's part of what this this series is about, is that if you're walking even to your car and you have and at the end of the day and you see that, note those things so that they can be they can be taken care of because they make a big difference. Correct. And for me, it, it's about a part, part of being a manager, their assistant or groundskeeper being a much better professional. I mean, there are ways to grow in their career where they just open up a part of their brain that listens for that noise or looks for this thing that is the difference between being an expert in your field and just working there. Yeah. It also goes back to being uh, proactive versus reactive, right? I mean, that's that's a big thing in my book. I, I Being proactive is going to help drive down expenses. It's going to help with overtime and it's going to help with uh, employee morale as well. I mean, if I'm proactive and we fix that AC during on our time, I think Mark on one of our calls, you said, you know, let's, let's do the work on our time. And I thought that was really smart because if I can do that work on our time versus late at night at 10 o'clock when the resident got home from a trip and their apartment is, is in 85, 90 degrees and super humid, then why wouldn't I do that work? So, you know, with that, maybe we should talk about PM work on our HVAC units. Uh, you know, Corky has been instrumental in building uh, very thorough PM programs for Highland. And, and I'd like to hear, you know, what, what are you doing with capacitors? I mean, you were talking about that the other day, Corky. Yes, we, we started up by teams of preventative maintenance guys, and we usually do it in like March and April when we're not using the condensing units outside and it's a lot cooler for the guys to be out there, but they're, they're four man teams. We have one that goes ahead of them and, and disassembles the unit. The second man goes and he, he tests the contactors and the capacitors and if the capacitors out of tolerance by more than 10, 15%. We automatically change them. If the contactors look like they're failing as it pitted contacts and stuff, we automatically change them. Then the third guy comes and sprays coil cleaner, and the fourth guy comes and rinses it. Then the first guy goes back and ground and puts them back together. And with that four-man team, we're averaging about 20 to 25 units a day to, to get them all serviced and, and put back together. And, and you know, we, we field check them to make sure that they will kick on when time comes. And, and then the on-site staff, while this is going on, they will go inside and, and do slime tabs, blow out the drain lines and everything, and and check the contactors on the inside unit, just make sure that everything looks like it's going to fire up when it needs to. My my maintenance staffs told me it's, it's cut their workload by about 30% over the last couple of years while we've done this. And like I said, we do it on our time in March and, and April when the weather's cool and, and nobody's complaining because it's 105 degrees and they have to crawl on a roof. You hit the nail on the head. You know, doing the right PM work is going to save you time and money 
and it's going to help improve the residents' experience in their apartment as well. Not just on the turnovers. I'm sure during turnovers, you guys are doing a thorough, you know, PM on the HVAC unit and putting the yes. tabs in. And I think you had, you had talked about blowing out the condensate drains as well, right? We use those little CO2 nozzles and it's just a quick blast and it, it clears it right out. When I first saw those, I was amazed. I was excited about those. Corky, we have a question. Are you checking the interior units as well for the PM work? Yes, we, we check the, the capacitors and stuff, the, the, the condensate pans and stuff like that. We don't we don't expose the evaporator coils and clean those because because they're labor intensive. Um, if we have an issue with it, we, we take those kind of as they come along. And then we try to do the evaporator coils on the turns. It's a great question. And all this work depends on your uh, the type of unit you have as well. I mean, if you have the fur down unit, which you know, for those that don't know, those are the units that are in the ceiling, it could be a little bit more difficult to expose the coil and be able to see what's going on with your evaporator. But with the slant coils, sometimes you pull that filter out and you can see the coil and you can see the condition and be able to you know spray it down and take care of things. So great question. Indoor indoor PM as well as outdoor PM. I think that sometimes as summer gets busy and the spring is busy, you know, we, we can probably find reasons why we don't have time to go do these things. But making the time and going and doing these PMs and checking the capacitors like Corky's talking about, then you might save yourselves 20 tickets. And if every ticket is 30 minutes, just think about it, how much time you're adding back to your day. So, and then if you talk about time and a half as well, I mean, it, the list goes on and on with the savings that you you incur by just doing the, the proper PM and making sure that your units are ready for the summer. So is there anything you think that the residents can do to try to help with uh, the efficiency of the unit? I think we talked about furniture as, you know, being in the way of, of return vents. What about, what about not turning the unit off when they go to work during hot peak periods? What are you, what are your thoughts on that, Corky? Well, it's when, when you do shut it down, your, your whole apartment, everything in your apartment heats up uh, tremendously it's it's I kind of equate it to parking your car in, in the sun or parking it in the shade with the windows down. It's um when you when you come home and you crank your AC back down, it's trying to heat up your sofa, your walls, your carpet, everything, trying to cool it off. I mean, so it just it just struggles. And it's um if you have programmable thermostats, those are nice because you can just program, you know, set it and forget it um, to where it, it, it reaches your nighttime temperature, you know, when you come in in the evening and then. During the day, it goes back up to 78, maybe 80 degrees. Um, but if you if you just shut it down when you come home, it, it struggles and it works twice as hard to try to cool the house back off. Yeah, that heat, trying to remove the heat from your apartment after it's been heating up your furniture, just like Corky said, and the walls and everything inside your apartment, it's going to take time. And it's just going to frustrate residents that their unit is not working as fast as they would like. Um, so it's important to to educate your residents and make sure they understand it. And what's really neat as well is, is we start to build more properties and, and install nest thermostats and things that have motion sensors in them. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's there's a whole nother array of savings right there, uh, making it so we we don't you know shut our units off when we leave for the day. So uh, Jason, part of the things that we do in, in this is when we know there's heat advisories coming up, we put notices out to our residents asking them not to cook during certain hours of the day. Yeah. And, um, you know, we are also testing UV uh, curtains on some of the units that face the sun. 
because you can have the, the thermostat in the, in the living room. You can have the living room at 65 degrees, but then you go to the bedroom and it's 90 degrees in some of those apartments. And we've also been installing more nice microwaves to give them the option not to cook and use the microwave so it doesn't heat up the apartment as much as well. But, but generally, just even advising that there's a heat advisory going on makes people be makes the resident be more aware of how they they uh, keep that apartment cool yeah there's definitely uh, an opportunity for both us as operators to better operate our hvac systems so then that way the the resident's comfort is is maximized but you're right by adding curtains and not utilizing the stove during peak times and you know that's all going to help to make sure that their unit operates as efficiently as possible. Even the, the, the location of the thermostat. I mean, if the thermostat is a location where the sun's beating down on it all day, you can imagine that that AC is going to run all, all day long because yeah. it's never going to be satisfied. So. Well, and I think it's also important to, to make our customers understand that if it's a hundred degrees outside, you're not going to get your apartment down to 65 if your unit's getting 20, 20 degrees below the ambient temperature, then it's doing pretty good, doing it what it's supposed to do. Yeah, you're not going to get snowflakes coming out of your vents when it's 100 degrees outside. Well, this has been a great conversation. I have a question about what, you know, if someone comes into the office and says my AC unit's not working, are there things that the staff talking to them could encourage them to do first? Or are there things that they should do first before putting in a ticket to to the maintenance team? Sure, Corky, do you have any suggestions? Well, I think if, if they ask the proper questions, you know, like, has your filter been changed regularly? Um, is your thermostat on? <laughs> Did you, have you turned a unit on? Usually it's, uh, it's, if it's, if it's not that simple, then there, there's, we have to send somebody out. Mm-hmm. But like I said, we, we, we are, our AC staff is more of a dispatch type crew. Um, when they get the work orders, our AC lead sends, sends them out to the individual properties. So we have educated our on-site staff to look at the simple stuff that they, that they don't need an AC tech to actually do and, and chase those problems first. And we allevi- alleviate a lot of the AC calls by just that simple fact, because it's, it's usually, you know, it could be a loose connection or a capacitor or, or something that simple that it's just- if you know how to speak maintenance and you and as a as a team, a collective team, the office as well, you understand what sort of systems you have and what sort of challenges might come up, then you you'll be you might be able to stop a service request, like you're saying, Becca. So for example, you might have a switch high up on the wall. It's a disconnect switch. You could shut the unit off to be able to, to work on it. And if a resident does a resident doesn't know what the switch is for and they shut it off and their AC is not operating, then that could be a service request. But if the leasing team knows, well, ma'am or sir, do you know the, the switch high up on the wall? Is that off or on? And then they say, oh, I turned it off because I didn't know what it was. Then I can ask them to turn it right back on and see if it operates. So it, it's good to, to be able to speak maintenance and understand your property and, and be able to, to help walk the resident through some troubleshooting as well. I'd like to add, if, if you talk to your maintenance staff and ask yeah. them, what, what kind of questions do we need to be asking when work orders come in? Because you can you can save a lot of headaches if, if he knows what he's going to do when he leaves the office and he's not making a trip to the apartment to find out that something totally different than what he thought. And he has to go back to the shop and get something else. And Because I used to be one of those that had to hoof the ground. And That's a great point. And also we have our women uh, maintenance teams as well. So we don't want to exclude them. Uh, there was another question about do you ter- change filters during all the preventative maintenance work or 
phone or by request. Encourage our managers to change the filters monthly. It's a, it's a minimal expense. And if you just keep your filters clean, your unit operates a lot better. And if you don't change it and you end up your, your filters, sometimes I've seen them collapse. They've been so dirty. And then all the, all the dust and everything is going into your evaporator coil. And then that just turns into a nightmare for everyone involved. Just to kind of sum up a lot of this, I'd say more than 80% of ACs break down or don't aren't efficient because of either airflow or electrical problems. And they're really the simplest things. So changing those AC filters once a month, and we try to put a date on them as well. So we know when they were last changed too. Really, it's the cheapest thing, most simple thing, going back to what, what was said at the beginning about how simple this is, um, is so important. And then, you know, Corky spoke about having, you know, before we dispatch out an AC person, having our on-site team check the capacitor. Because that's a $15, 10 to $15 capacitor that can be changed and probably solves 45 to 50% of your problems, you know. Um, as well as that, I, I want to add that you got to be careful when changing those capacitors that you don't use a screwdriver. A lot of our maintenance people, men and women, they use screwdrivers to, to change those. And, you, you know, if OSHA catches you doing that, you're in trouble. You just got to provide. And if you don't already, if your maintenance people or AC guys don't already have that, guys and gals don't already have this, make sure they've got a resistor. Because that's really the only way you're supposed to change that capacitor out, by discharging it with the resistor. So that's if anybody gets anything out of this, make sure that your staff have resistors. They're very inexpensive, tiny little items, easy to keep on you. Um, doing it in the coolness instead of doing it in the heat uh, will make the maintenance staff much more pleased with working there. And they may not know it, but they will appreciate it after you have done it, the preventative maintenance. Getting them to do these things in March or April so they don't have to do them in the middle of summer they may not know it, but they will certainly appreciate you as a professional who knows what they're doing. If you can, if you can get these ACs fixed on your schedule rather than on the schedule of fate. So that's a, an ounce of prevention prevents a pound of cure is basically what it boils down to. Yep. Thanks for bringing that up, Mark. I just want to hit on one more thing. While you're walking around a community, if you're going, uh, you're taking care of a service request. You know, remember to keep your head up and be looking around and, and keep your eyes open for things. If you're looking at a condensing unit and you see a block of ice you know that's a sign that you have a dirty filter inside that you need to go you need to go talk to the residents and change a filter so just keeping your head up looking around putting it on a swivel i think sometimes we're just so laser focused on getting to the other side of a community to go take care of a, a service request that we have blinders on use that time to be able to look around i think uh mark you had mentioned you know you're just walking to your car you know, at the end of the day, you know, just keeping your eyes open at that point in time as well, right? I, I kind of see it like it's a superpower. You know, you're, you're, if you start to pay attention to the sounds, smells, and noises around you that have to do with the property, you're opening up a part of your brain um, that will, that's a skill that will serve you forever. It just makes you an expert. It's a difference between an expert and not being an expert. Okay. Uh, I, th I, th I think a lot of it is a mindset also. Because Jason, like you, I've been doing this for a long time, and we were all taught if you see a piece of trash, bend over and pick it up. But we're, you know, not very many of us were taught to look at the AC units and look for frozen lines and, and look for missing shingles on the roof and, and missing screens on the building and stuff. And so it's just changing your, your mindset when you go out on the property and, like I say, walking without the blinders. Can I make a plug before we, we leave? I just want to 
plug TAAEF. If, if you go to the TA, Texas Apartment Association Education Foundation website, there are links to training sessions provided by supplier members and supplier partners that most of us already use that provide training at free or at nominal cost in all of these areas. And they'll even come out on site, some of them. And TAEF has that information. And really, it, it's it, as Jason said, it's about how to speak maintenance because um, it'll improve the culture of the community and allow us to respect our maintenance teams a lot more than, than they as they probably deserve to be. Maintenance employees are the heartbeat, I think, of the, the community. They're out and about all the time. I mean, I'm not, not taking any credit away from the leasing teams and the office teams. They do a lot to keep the property moving as well. But a lot of times our maintenance employees are, are frontline. So I appreciate everything that they're doing out there, uh, you know, especially the PM work. I mean, if you think about all the things that we have at our properties between pumps and boilers and roofs and paint jobs, we have a lot of PM work that needs to be done, which which can be a whole nother call, which could be a, a whole nother web series. And and that's I'd, shamelessly, I'm plugging our next How to Speak Maintenance video. With that, I'd like to say thank you very much for joining our first How to Speak Maintenance call. I would like to thank Mark and Corky as well for joining us and sharing their experiences and what they're doing at Highland to be able to help improve the, the lives of the residents and the comfort of the residents. And thank you, everybody. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Jason. Thanks, Corky. Thanks, Becky.